Today's episode is brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Blue Note Therapeutics. Blue Note creates prescription digital therapy apps to help patients address the common yet overlooked side effects of cancer, like stress, anxiety, and depression. Check out their new fully remote clinical trial at bluenotetherapeutics.com backslash trials. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Good morning or evening or afternoon or wherever the heck you are in the world. This is Trevor Maxwell and this is the Man Up to Cancer podcast. This morning, it's morning for me. So right now I'm talking to my good buddy, Chris Taylor from Albany, Georgia. Chris was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2010. So he's been a, a fighter and survivor for more than a decade. He's gone through multiple radiation and chemo treatments. He's a U.S. Navy veteran, an artist, and a proud gay man. Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you, Trevor. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> glad to be here. Did I get did, did I get everything right? Yes, you did. I see, you're amazing. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, good. I'm like, Phew. so so you live in Georgia now. Yeah. Um, is that where you're from originally? I'm originally from Florida. I was born and raised in Florida. I have a, okay. I have a long line of Florida ancestors. Are you 60? You're 64 now? Yeah, I'm 64. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so take us back a little bit about your background. So Florida growing up and then um, did you have several careers or, or one main career or what did you get into with your life work? After high school, I joined the Navy and was lucky that I was able to go to boot camp right there in Orlando, Florida. Oh, okay. Which was, and I planned it at the right time of the year, so it wouldn't be too hot or too cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I a really cool uh, company commander. He's a little bit shorter than me, and um, he was really nice. It, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. So, what was your motivation for for joining the Navy? It was and was that someone like? Did you have family members or friends or? My brother had joined a couple of years before me, and then. We knew that our father had been in the Air Force Reserves a long time ago. And um, okay, I, I wanted a chance to travel and go to places I've never been and to serve our country and protect our freedom. Because I go into, I went in to defend the Constitution. It guarantees rights and freedoms to everybody. There's no conditions on it. How long was your Navy career? It was... A little over two and a half years because I had to come home on emergency leave because my mother was dying of cancer. Oh, geez. Yeah. okay. You know, and when I was um, when I got out of boot camp, they sent me to San Diego to a missile school there, well, Naval Air Station North Island, Coronado Island, San Diego. Beautiful place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we um we could we. I consulted with a doctor at UCSD 
and had the chance to bike around Coronado Island. Just absolutely amazing place. And we saw some training going on with um, helicopters and, and people oh, yeah. kind of jumping into the water that. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 They're always doing that. And uh, yeah, the missile school they sent me to was for um, a bunch of different kinds of missiles. Right. And then when I got to my ship, um, it was the USS Hunley stationed in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, the ship was a sub tender. We took care of submarines. And I found out that I was being put in the missile department that has intercontinental ballistic missiles. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. Scared of the cheapest out of me. Did you have the, yeah. So did you get the brief briefcase? Did Chris Taylor get the codes? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank goodness. I did get uh. to sleep on top of the missiles. So I took naps on them. We all did. Um, the top of the missile stood about waist high above the deck. It was covered in a, in a missile covering uh, Whoa. like a long tube that fit over the missile. So you couldn't actually see it because sometimes they would move a missile from the submarine to the ship or from the ship to the submarine. So it had to be covered so people couldn't see it. And the only part I really got to see during that time was the bottom of it. See the little rocket engines up in there, which was really cool. But in the in the missile room, we had a, a locker in there that was surrounded with lead, because there was oh yeah yeah you know, there was a couple of live nuclear warheads in there. And every once in a while, we had to take one out and do testing on it. Wow. And we weren't supposed to touch it because it could end up on a on a missile, go up the outer space and do its thing, you know? Um, Crazy. Yeah. Is it's on this big round carriage thing, several warheads sitting on it, and it'll turn over and face downwards, all the points pointing down, and they're all set to uh, drop at different times and places. Uh, you know, it was kind of scary when they brought out the live nuclear warhead. And Yeah, I bet. Like, yeah. that's... That's a lot yeah, for a young man. Yeah. And we had these little <laughs> square badges that we were supposed to wear on our belts to measure how much radiation we were getting. And um, so I honestly believe that's what caused me to get non-Hodgkin's lymphoma because one of the reasons you can get it is from ionizing radiation. Yeah. That's what we Damn. got from those warheads and being around did you ever? Did you ever... Um explore that with with the military and like talk to them about your diagnosis and yeah i've tried to this uh, this link yeah i've tried to put in for disability from it and of course they deny it they said i didn't get enough and i said well well you know i'm not the same as everyone else how do you know i didn't i wasn't exposed to an, enough of it to to get the Damn, cancer mother. yeah you know of wow. course they're going to deny it you know just the way it is but Oh man, that's hard, man. Yeah, if I can find someone really good at taking care of something like this, then then I'll try it again. But right now, it's just too much. Yeah, if they, too much hey, mentally I mean, for me to try and do it on my own. Yeah, and let's just put that out there. If there's anyone listening who knows anyone who might give Chris a hand with, um, you know, having a conversation around that, um, in terms of the lymphoma and the relationship to to the radiation exposure, um, contact the show. Contact me. We'll put you in touch for sure. And then I started working in restaurants. That's what I did up until about, how old was I? 
about 2004. And then I was back in Tampa and that's when I decided, you know, I, I got to quit serving tables. It's killing me. Yeah. So I went to a massage school and yeah. became a licensed massage therapist. I've been doing that awesome, ever man. since, you know, and I wow. love it. I love it. Oh my God. I don't want to do oh, anything man. else. <laughs> well, and those of us who rely on massage therapists, thank you and all who do it. <laughs> you know, everybody's oh, good man. at massage, especially us, people dealing with cancer and people with PTSD. Is, is, oh, yeah. Because the number one thing that massage will do for you is relieve stress. Just, right. just getting touched by someone who, who yeah. cares. Yeah. Knowing that, that a pair of caring hands is touching you will automatically relieve so much stress and relieves that oxytocin stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're a little I, baby and being held, you know? Totally. So I'm going to shout out to Michael through the Dempsey Center, who's been uh, one of my massage therapists, and he has done wonders for just taking me from the most anxious places to, to the places where I can, you know, continue doing what I'm doing. So. Yeah, shout out to all the massage folks out there and <laughs> others who do like, you know, related services. So um, so I want to jump ahead and I'm going to okay. skip over decades of your life and I'm sorry, but that's how what we got to do because, you know, we're going to get this in and then I'm going to get you on the gauntlet at the end of the show because you're not avoiding that. Uh, oh, but <laughs> so we're going to skip ahead to your diagnosis. How um, how were you diagnosed? Did you, did you have symptoms? What was going on um, in 2010 or even before that? Well. Yeah, actually, before that, I was having night sweats. Okay. I woke up one night, um, probably two or three in the morning. Felt like I had a hangover, and I was sweating from head to toe. Even the tops of my feet were sweating, <sighs> and my shins were sweating, and my sheets were getting wet from all the sweat. And I thought, you know, maybe it was some kind of food poisoning. And then I, this insane itching started around my ankles and my lower legs. Oh, man. And I had gone to see a VA doctor about it. And she goes, now I was still in Florida at the time. She goes, you know, Chris, that's, that's the price we have to pay for living in Florida. It's these fungus stuff or whatever it could be. She had no idea. And I, and right. I told her, that pissed me off. I said, lady, I come from a long line of Florida ancestors. We're not allergic to anything. Not in Florida. No, no this, no, this, this is different. Yeah. People. No. And uh, so finally in 2010, um, this lady VA doctor, she got up from the desk and stood up, started checking around my neck and stuff, and uh, found two bumps on the right side. I, I had noticed them. I didn't pay that much attention to it. And she sent me to an ear, nose, throat doctor, and then... He got this weird look on his face and go, what'd you do when you're in the Navy? I said, mm. and, and right then I knew, you know, and he knew it too. Mm. And I told him and he said, well, that's probably why. And uh, yeah. they did biopsy. And then on April the 8th, um, the guy, the doctor called me and told me it was on Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. Yeah. I was like, you know, the night sweats, I was feeling tired, run down, and I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know exactly what. And so then your your cancer journey began. What did you have to do to, to tackle this? 
Well, firstly, I had a radiation therapy, which I wish I hadn't done. Um, so ra radiation therapy to try to fix the the problems caused by radiation. Talk about irony. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that was crazy. Um, so they did both sides of my neck, and then there was uh, um, a spot behind my lungs, um, between my lungs yep. and my back. So they radiated that too. And of course, I went from 160-something pounds down to 136 it was first time my stomach's been that flat since I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, good weight loss program, but look, I don't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> no, not rec not recommended. Yeah, zero stars. <laughs> so um, that worked for a little while, and then maybe a year, year and a half. Then some more lumps showed up, and then I went on uh, bendamustine and rituxan combined for. Um, I think I did six or seven treatments of that. And then I did a maintenance treatment for two years of rituxan. And then I didn't do anything for another year or two years, something like yep. that. And I yep. and I just got uh, and then more lumps showed up again. So uh, this time the doctor put me on uh, Revlimid, a pill that you take every day. And I took that for two years straight. Finally got off of it last January. And, and I'm still, it's, it's taken me this long to, to start feeling halfway normal again. Um, you know, the fatigue, oh my God. The fatigue would just kick your ass. Right. And you're going to go lay down whether you want to or not. It says, yeah. okay, Chris, yeah. You're, you're ass getting in bed whether you want to or not. I don't care. Get into bed. And you get into bed and then you, you can't even sleep. <laughs> That's the crazy part Oh, man. So, so, you, so you really have been, it's not like you, you got diagnosed, you had treatment, and then you've had this long period of NED. You, you, wow. You've been in the thick of things, you know. Yeah, the whole time. Uh, persistently, yeah. Yeah, the whole time with hardly. So, so, what, so what about right now? Like what's your... What's your current health state? Um, what's the state of your cancer as we speak? It's in remission right now. I've been in remission awesome. for, what, a year? Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. And I see my doctor again on the 31st for just to follow up. That's it. And and is the expectation that it's just going to keep happening and you're going to have to keep doing stuff? Or is there expectation that you you're you may be cured at this point? This or you don't know. He he told me before there's really no cure for it. And and he, right, right, okay, yep. And and I like this guy a lot, Doctor Neil. Um, awesome. Because he keeps telling me, you know, you know, Chris, I got nurses whose husbands I treat, and they they've been going. Some of them have been going through this for twenty years. He says, yeah. He says you're going to be fine. I love that. <laughs> you know, that's all the talk about. That's huge when it when you're. When your quarterback of your team is telling you that, that's what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like this guy a lot. He's, he's really positive and, and encouraging and just, just he knows what he's doing too. Because one time I tried to get a second opinion and talk to a doctor in, I think, of Virginia at the VA hospital there. And she said, ended up sure. saying the same exact thing he was saying about the Revlimid before I started it. And uh, okay. I said, well, damn. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> He knows what in the hell he's talking about, don't he? <laughs> oh, I love it. 
So, okay. so um, what about what about your personal support? So, what people in your life have been your your rocks or your go to people through this journey? My biggest support has been the lady that I work for, Vivian, the lady that owns the massage place where I work. Fantastic! Shout out to Vivian. Yes, and um, and um, my friends, other friends. Um, I have a big group of Navy veteran friends that that all went to boot camp at one time or another in Orlando. And then I hate to say this, but um, you would think I would have a lot of gay friends giving me support, but I don't. Hmm. Uh, Albany is just does not really have that big of a gay community. Yeah. So it's mostly I mostly have straight friends that are supporting me. Like, um, but, but well, just real, real briefly. Then, how did you end up in Albany? Oh God! <laughs> as opposed, as opposed to like a community, a place where there's a, a more of a gay community for you to be part of. Uh, I had relatives here at the time, and got it. My brother and I moved here because of that. Okay, um, and you're settled there. You're happy there. It's just well, I'm settled here. I'm not real happy here. I would be okay, happier gotcha. in Florida. Okay. You know, that's where I so back to your, so back, yeah. So back to your point. And, and well, let me get into this cause, and I do want to get into the issue of like all the, all the, um, impacts on your journey and your life being a gay man. But before we get there, I want to ask about you. So when I asked you about supports or when I ask people about supports, sometimes they'll say family, sometimes they'll say friends, sometimes they'll say both, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. you come from a large family in Florida, but you didn't talk about any family members in terms of your support going through this, has that been um, a sore spot for you or? Oh yeah, big time. I just made, actually made a list. I wish you could, I could show it to you, but the rest of them can't see it. Um, three days ago, a do not enter list of relatives from this area around here in Albany. And uh, you can see stuff. And so he's, right there. he's got a, yeah, he's got a list here. Do not enter with a bunch of names. You know, seven names and several families. Um, you know. Have they, so they basically did, they are estranged from you. What? Yeah. Yeah. They've had nothing yeah. to do with me since 2010, but they never call and ask about how I'm doing. Nothing, 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 nothing. Dead silence. Oh, man. I've seen some of them on Facebook. And once in a great while, they might like something that I posted or something like that. But that's, that's it as far as they have ever gone. And even when I posted pictures of me being in the cancer center getting infusions, they said nothing. They didn't pick up the phone and call. Do you have a sense of understanding about what, why that is? Um, some of them, I think that the ones right here in Albany is for religious reasons more than anything. I, I really believe that. Yeah. That, and it, it's, it's really sad too, because I'm right here in the heart of the Bible Belt. <clears throat> and, and my own family members, um, uh, my nephew, one of my nephews thinks that I will probably go to hell. Um, and, but he still loves me. 
oh well thanks appreciate that because even Dude. before they i had cancer they they knew i was gay everybody in the family's known it known it ever since i was a little kid um yeah <laughs> it was just never a topic of discussion oh oh let's sit around and talk about chris because he's gay yeah no that <laughs> nobody cared I'm, I'm lucky in that way i'm very fortunate that you know, everybody just loved me for being me. And, and no one cared about my sexuality. Uh, but these people here are something else. Uh, oh, okay. I see what yeah, you're saying. The people in Florida, my relatives there, that's another reason I want to go back there because those are the ones that really care about me. And Yeah, I mean, it so- sounds like a move to Florida is, yeah. uh, <laughs> needs to happen for you. Damn. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah the, the, so you've had to, bu- so you've had to build your own you know, like a lot of people in the Howling Place group and in the Man Up to Cancer community, you you built your own. You know, the family um, to support you, your your coworkers, your friends. You know, you, you you put it all together, and I guess that leads me to, you know, and, and so we're very glad that the Howling Place could also fill some of that void for you. Oh yeah. Definitely. How did you? How did you find Man Up to Cancer and our Facebook group, the Howling Place? That happened because I'm a member of Epic Experience, the, Got it. the cancer survivor camp in Denver, Colorado. So we are partners. Um, we're a partner. We have a partnership with Epic Experience and the Pharaoh family out in Colorado. They do camps for, they do tons of camps um, out there in Colorado and, and also one day events around the country for, for cancer survivors. So you got hooked up to them and you had a chance to do a camp out there. Yes, I did. Like in 2015, I went to camp, and, and I and that was a life changing experience for you. Yes, definitely. Yeah, tell us about it. Um, well, I went there the the first morning that we had activities was snowshoeing, and I walk outside. It's snowing, you know, and I already said I'm from Florida. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> This dang snow is up to my waist. Yeah, what's oh going God. on here? I thought, what in the hell am I doing here? And um, and that was really cool, too, because um, at first I was learning, you know, life doesn't have to stop just because you have cancer. You can keep on living your life. But don't be afraid to go do things. Um, you might not awesome. ever have a chance to do them again, so, so why not? Amen. You know, yeah. You might not have a chance you might not have time so you know get up and go do it and um that's what i learned at camp you know don't be afraid to go do things don't quit living just because you got cancer 100 uh, percent. yeah and um, um so you so you heard so through epic and, and we've so we got started having connections through epic you find out about the map to cancer and then you joined you joined the group the howling place group right yeah I saw Epic post something about it on their Facebook page. And so I went over and I I joined it. Then I think it was Joe kept trying to friend me. Right. Shocking. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just wanted to look at the group. And people trying to friend me. Dang it. I don't want any more friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So shout out to Shout out as always on every show to Joe Bullock. The uh, yeah, that was funny. Uh, he's, he's, he he he's aggressive. He's he's aggressively friending uh, men with cancer, and because yeah. that's his mission to support you guys. So, yeah. So, what was your you know what's been? Well, I guess 
what's been your general impression? You know, you had told me once that you were struggling to deal with side effects, ongoing treatments, having cancer in general, mm-hmm. and you were looking for other men to talk to, but you didn't want them to, and so I'm going to quote this, you didn't want them to think that you were weak. And that really resonated with me because I've felt that way too. And I think a lot of us in the group feel that way. Like we don't, we, we definitely don't want to be seen as, as, as weak for sure. But th- what we're trying to do is turn, turn it around. So it's when you do seek support and you get camaraderie with other men going through cancer, that's seen as a strength. So can you talk a little bit about sort of what you were looking for and, and hopefully the, 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 the howling place has delivered on some of your needs? Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, the group has delivered, um, more than I than I could have expected. Oh, that's awesome, man! Yeah, um, it, it's just incredible uh, knowing that that me as a gay man can go in there, gay man with cancer, and be accepted and not have to worry, right, about any homophobia, homophobia, or gay slurs or anything like that. I know that it will not be tolerated. And uh, damn right, <laughs> those people will be automatically gone with no explanation. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. No. So, I don't have to worry about that. So, that allows me to open up and, and just be myself. And, and it's not about me being gay, it's just me being me. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm tired of these labels, you know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just me, I'm Chris. You know, me being gay has nothing to do with it. I'm, I'm just me, just like you are you, I'm me. So <laughs> I don't need a label. Thumbs I wasn't up to that, born man. with a label. My mother named me Chris. That's what I am. That's who I am. Um, you know, and um, yeah, so I stalked the group for a few days <laughs> and kept going back and looking to see what's going on and see, look at the comments, see what kind of comments were being made. And I said, I finally gave in and joined and I'm very, very glad I did. Seeing other guys going through some of the issues you mentioned, you know, and myself has experienced, I've definitely experienced anxiety, depression, mental health problems, all that stuff. But to be in a place where we can talk about that openly and without shame, that's meaningful to me. And I, I know that that's meaningful to you. Because, uh, you know, being a man, even a gay man, you're, you're not expected to show all this emotion and, mm. or cry around other men, especially straight men. My God. Because <laughs> <laughs> then they will, th- you know, a lot of, I'm not going to speak for other gay people, but. Yeah, no, you, you, the, but it's your experience. Is, Talk from if, your experience. You start crying like a little baby around other straight men. Right. They're going to think, you know, they're just sissies. They're just, yeah. they're, 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 that's because they're gay and they're acting like that. You know, some kind of nonsense. Totally hear you. You know, yep. homophobic nonsense. Um, but it's just not true. I'm just, I'm just a man like everybody else. And cancer is biological. It doesn't care who you are. You know, damn right. And, and I'll cry with you any day, you know, those, thank you. Those macho guys who, who, <laughs> who don't want to, you know, accept, they don't want to access their feelings or they're all blocked up. Like, I'm sorry for those guys. I, I do. I do feel bad that they're not able to have full, the full range of human God given emotions. Um, you know, so I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Yeah. 
And I'm glad that we have a place where you don't have to deal with that shit. You know, like you said, like if there, so diversity is very important to me as the, as the founder of this whole thing. I, men of all different backgrounds, race, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, political ideology. Ooh, yeah, I said it. (laughs) We don't talk about it in the group because damn, that is too divisive. But, but we know that we got guys in the group from all of those different backgrounds, all of those different diverse places. And that's what makes us stronger as a pack. And I want to keep building on that. Doing a good job of it. It's working. So, so I, yeah, so I do think that some men out there have wondered if they would fit in in Man Up to Cancer, if they would fit in in the Howling Place um, because of those concerns. Like, oh, is this going to just be like another macho guy group where I'm going to go in and, and feel the same that, way that, that I was, feel out here? It was one of the things I was looking for to see if they're going to be, you know, talking like a bunch of yeah. um, I don't know, sports fanatics and being, being crude, crude remarks and, you know, about women right. and, you know, just acting right. like typical locker room right. guys. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, you know, it would be great if you, if there's anyone out there listening to this, I think, you know, you can speak from your experience. What would you tell someone who might have those reservations? Come to jump in. Um, Join the group. Let us know you're you're here, because everybody in the group is here for you. Thank you, brother. We're all here. We're all in this together. We all got each other's backs. Um, so, That's it. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line, end of the day, is our man up to cancer family. And if you're in, if you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell people. So, I was, um, I was, and I know if you don't mind. Real quick, I was looking up some yeah. things about um, gay men and cancer, and it, it's gay, gay men do have a high rate of cancer because they're they're usually single, and they're afraid to go to the uh, healthcare place because they're afraid of discrimination and how they be they will be treated. Yeah, um, they don't want to tell the doctors or the nurses. And so they would have, um, for fear of being treated differently or not getting as good of care as they should. What else did I find? Yeah, please. This is good. Absolutely. Bring it on. Yeah, fair discrimination, which would affect their quality of care. Um, they have lower rates of health insurance because before we couldn't get married. So if you have a partner, then that partner has to, you know, go find your own insurance. You can't put you on mine. And then. um, That's a great point. And they usually have negative experiences with healthcare providers, which will delay them getting seen by doctors. Oh, yeah. Another thing, um, when a gay man gets sick, if they have a partner that they're not married to, that partner can be excluded from any health decisions at the hospital. They, they can be kept from seeing you in, in the hospital room because you're not related. You're not married to the person, you're not related to them. Um, Freaking bo- yeah. total bullshit. Yeah, this still happens. Yeah. It still happens. We think we're, so, yeah, we think we're such a, in a better place. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways we are, but oftentimes it also depends on what state you're in 
or, or where you live or what the yeah. laws are like you, you're kind of at the epicenter of the of america's culture wars you know yeah. where there's certain states that are that want to enforce want to make it even tougher for yeah, for the partners of gay men to <sighs> yeah keeps it, trying to um enact these stupid laws to discriminate against us even more but there's still some places we can get fired from our jobs just for being gay we can get kicked out of housing for being gay we can get kicked out of restaurants <laughs> this is this is this is 2022 people yeah uh, this <laughs> wake up is, and see what's happening around still you going on it, it hasn't yep. gone away um in 1969, there was a thing called the Stonewall Riots in New York City. Right. I was what is it? was 11 years, 12 <laughs> years old when it happened. Yeah, I still remember. That is when all these gay people who were going to the Stonewall in a very small gay bar, it was actually run by the mob at the time. Uh, and the mob had been paying off the police to leave everybody alone there. Because it was mostly young gay people going there, young gay men and gay women, right? And they were providing them a place to go to where they could be safe and have a good time. The police raided the place and drugged people off to jail and arrested them just because they're gay. They they hadn't broke any laws. But just because they were gay, they got arrested and put in jail. So that started this the, the gay rights movement right there. And it wasn't long after that is when we got the rainbow flag. Yep. And and that's why we got the rainbow flag. We're not trying to steal it from God or the Bible or anything. <laughs> awesome. Good God. So ridiculous. Um <laughs> You, you damn gays stealing the rainbow. Stealing everything. <laughs> well, if you don't like us, and quit dressing your little children in Tommy Hilfiger. Okay? <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger is well, gay as gay can get. Dude, love Dang. it. And, and you dress in a little Tommy Hilfiger and take him to church on top of it. God, <laughs> how hypocritical can you be? Pre Preach, Chris Taylor. I love it. <laughs> and, and I got news for some of these people that want to boycott Disney World. Well, you better get rid of your um, <laughs> the Beauty and the Beast movie, which was the biggest Disney animated movie ever. Well, guess who made that possible? Gay people. <laughs> Gay people did the cartoons. Thank you. Gay people did the songs. Gay people did everything in that movie. So there. <laughs> so, thank you for that that was great and and so these very real barriers that exist for yeah. for gay people in in terms of cancer cancer <laughs> prevention screenings treatment survivorship yes thank you for calling those out um you know as a straight man those aren't top of mind for me right like and i'm lucky in that way i'm, pr I'm privileged that i don't have to think about those things you know my wife has never been excluded from any conversations. Um, wow. So I appreciate, I appreciate that message, man. Everybody who's listening to this, this is, this is definitely a call to action. Like you talk, we got to stand up for our gay brothers. Talk to your local uh, politicians, your state legislators, um, your national legislators. Let them know that this is unacceptable. Let them know that equal rights and equal treatment 
for gay people and their partners is a priority and and it's unacceptable that we're not there yet so do what you can you know and chris if there's anything else that you would encourage people to do we're we're listening um if you know anyone that's gay tell them that you love them i love you buddy love you too trevor one thing i realized through from cancer is um it doesn't matter what you believe. Your beliefs are not going to do you a damn bit of good when you're in a hospital bed dying or in hospice dying because you can't take any of that with you when you die. Mm. The only thing that's going to matter is how did you treat other people? That's it. That's it. Nothing else is going to matter. Your beliefs are not going to do you any damn good. I forget who the musician is, but there's a song... Um how did you love so that's the name of the song look it up it's it nothing else matters but how you loved and and so at the end of the day like those everything's gonna fade away except for what was in your heart and and how you loved your your fellow humans so thank you for saying that um excuse me i so i you are and so we got i gotta get you on the the gauntlet pretty soon here but thank you for that emotional talk you so folks out there Chris, Chris Taylor right here is one of Man Up to Cancer's Wolfpack leaders. We have 18 men who are part of the Wolfpack, who are part of the Howling Place across the U.S. and Canada. And these Wolfpack leaders connect with local cancer centers. They provide direct emotional support to fellow cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers. So Chris, I want to publicly thank you so much for taking on that role and making an impact in that way in your area. I appreciate that. Thank you. Glad to do it. I'm glad I'm able to do it. <laughs> and and before I get to the random questions, let's yeah. talk real briefly about Chris Taylor, the artist. I have seen a bunch of your pieces. You are yeah. tremendously talented. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't believe it. Like I've got one daughter that is a brilliant singer and I tell her that all the time. And the other one is a great softball player, but damn, she cannot hit a tune. And I'm not going to, you know, I said, Elsie, please don't sing. Um, so <laughs> well, <that> poor kid. <laughs> I know, right. They love me. I can't sing um, either. So. <laughs> so, but man, you, with your art, that is tremendous. Tell us a little bit. And again, we got to, we're getting short on time, but tell us a little bit about how you got started in art and how important that has been, especially during the past, during your cancer journey. Okay, well, not long after I was diagnosed with cancer, I started um, doing artwork again. And I, was, I used to do uh, oil painting like Bob Ross before I became an active alcoholic. <laughs> and all my paintings yep. started falling down when I painted them. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like leaning over, you know. <laughs> but they were not so happy. Your trees were not so happy. No, they weren't happy trees. They were, well... <laughs> so (laughs) anyway the uh so i started painting with acrylics and found out that i really like it they dry faster than oil paints and a lot cheaper (laughs) and uh, right i figured out this crazy technique of doing portraits and everybody seems to like it a lot and uh i'm glad they do and so good yeah i like doing landscapes i like doing weird stuff um I got some weird painting. I'm gonna post it later today on my Facebook page. And uh, is that where people? Do you have a website, or where can people look at your art? 
um, Instagram artist Instagram. Yeah, artist Chris. I think it is. Yeah, artist Chris on Instagram. People, yeah. check it out at artist Chris. And also, and, and got, has it been? So, yeah, go ahead. Also got this book with my artwork on it. So, so Voices of Cancer by Linda Walters with yeah. with these amazing portraits. Yeah, done the, by Chris. That is fantastic. The, um, Linda, I met her when I was a volunteer at Epic. Um, she's the real writer, the real thing. This book was talked about in the New York Times. Um, Voices of Cancer. That's the book, cancer. guys. Check this out. The, the cover is, the cover has several um, yeah. portraits by Chris, and they are absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Um, so, what about the therapy value of this for you personally? Oh, Has God. it gotten it's, you through? It's like the best thing ever. Um, I highly encourage anyone that has just find something creative to do. Because to me, it puts me in a like a meditative state, and and calms me down, puts me in a whole other world where I, I'm not worried about anything. I don't care about anything. Time passes by, I don't even notice it. What, what I have to really be careful of is make sure I don't put my paintbrush in my coffee cup. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm so focused on the painting and not paying attention right. to yeah, anything that's else. No fun. Uh, <laughs> oh man. All right. We gotta get, we need to get you into the gauntlet of random questions. I have four okay. brand new questions for you today. And again, thank you for that conversation. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, people out there share this, you know, particularly for your gay friends out there uh, and gay men who are might be looking for that type of support. You can find it in our community. And I'm sure Chris would be would love to talk to you. Um, all right. Here we go. The gauntlet of random questions. You're in big trouble, my friend. Would you rather would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or give up bathing for a month? Bathing. Yeah, think on that for a minute. What is that? Yeah. Ba- you say bathing? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather give up bathing. <laughs> Here, dirty little secret. Me too. <laughs> I'm addicted. I, I, I got to have my cell phone. All right, cool. We're, we we agree on that one. If, if you could, if you could learn one new personal skill at this point in your life, what would it be? Uh, speak German. Any particular reason? I have ancestors from there. Okay, cool. And and a couple of friends from there. Awesome. That's a good one. You know, man, I'm with you. Learning a new language, that's something that is always on the list that I haven't done. Um, would you rather watch nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies or nothing but horror movies? Oh, my God. <laughs> Watching nothing but Hallmark movies would be horror. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather. <laughs> oh my God, no! I'd rather poke my eyes out. Jeez. Um, no Love uh, it. Oh, horror movies only. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you got it. Um, and last one. You get uh, Chris gets his own late night talk show. Who would you invite as your first guest? you <laughs> oh, the checks in the mail buddy all right you can't answer me you got to pick somebody else oh all right um dolly parton 
and Loretta Lynn. Damn, that's yeah. a good tandem. Yeah. Are you are you your fans? You're oh, yeah. a fan. Oh yeah. yeah, big fan of them. All right, perfect. You have navigated the gauntlet well, my friend. Um, you know what? Bonus time. I'm going to give you one other question. It's not the pizza question. We're not going there today. Today, it's the zombie apocalypse is happening, and you got to pick one weapon to fight the zombies. Do you have a preferred weapon of choice? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one now, of those th- big this is... barbecues, barbecues forks. <laughs> one of those. Barbecue fork, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's a new one on this I don't know. i'm collecting a, i'm collecting a list of these and that's one of the coolest ones i've heard Is shout it? out to carol of course carol uh, motika who answered bug spray which okay. is still kind of the weirdest and top answer, but yeah. the bar, the bar, the long, the long barbecue forks. Cause yeah, that gives one. you enough dis like it's long enough yeah. that the zombie can't get in your personal space and you can just go for the yeah. eyeballs <laughs> or a Roman sword. That would be good. Too. <clears throat> oh man. I'm glad, I'm glad that I want, you know, I was going to stop, but then I'm glad I finished up with that last question. Cause I like your answer there. All right. Chris Taylor, my buddy, our Georgia guy, we really appreciate you. Uh, always good to see you in the Howling Place. And always good, you know, this has been great. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Big thanks again to Blue Note Therapeutics for sponsoring today's podcast. Blue Note creates prescription digital therapy apps to help patients address the common yet overlooked side effects of cancer like stress, anxiety, and depression. Check out their new fully remote clinical trial at bluenotetherapeutics.com backslash trials.